The Emotionally Uncomfortable Podcast is going live. Yes, you heard that correct. You can come ask your questions and get free live coaching. I'm going to be talking about all things attracting profit and parenting, which if you've been around for a while, profit equals time flexibility, emotional freedom, and all things money and wealth building. And of course, parenting. Come ask about why your kids do what they do, how to motivate your teens, and how you can become the adults they need. And the cool side effect is you can apply these principles to other relationships in your life, like your marriage, team building, and even your own parents. Head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash live to check out the next live podcast recording dates and topics. That's heatherchauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E. See you there. Hello. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited for this conversation. We've, um, we were connected by a dear friend, colleague, and I think it was, it was pre summer and I wasn't recording in the summer. I had a boundary for myself and I was like, but I've been listening to all your stuff and I'm like so excited that or listening to conversations that you've been having. And I'm very excited and honored to have you here. So thank you. Oh, that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Um, Your book titled Joy is My Justice. I dove in a little bit and from what I saw, I was like, yes, this is very much aligned with being emotionally uncomfortable. But what I really love and appreciate is the the reach for joy. Mm-hmm. So can we dive in a little bit of like, I believe when you started writing your book, that was not the intended title or you didn't know what the title was going to be when right. you started writing. So just to mm-hmm. back up a little bit of like how you came to joy is my justice. Yeah. I mean, originally when the book started downloading in my heart and my journal, it was, I thought, a book about suffering because everyone was asking me, how are you navigating your suffering? And as I wrote, I realized that I wasn't, my heart wasn't um, fully into it until I realized, oh, you know, everyone's focused on my suffering, but they're missing my joy. And They want to know how to navigate suffering and get to joy, but it's actually about using joy to navigate suffering. So that's when the shift really happened. And the title, Joy is My Justice, I talk about in the book, the the story around it. I actually came to it in um, a kind of very... uh, very cool body scan that we do in my work. And um, I really was traveling the layers of my skin and asking it questions. And I found that I was for the first time comfortable in my brown skin. I had had so much self-hate, so much internalized racism and unworthiness. And even as um, a woman who's gained privilege by being a, quite an accomplished physician and, you know, doing all these things and now writing a book. I realized that my search for joy through my suffering was liberating the un, the tangled webs of suffering that were still laying underneath. Mm-hmm. So joy became this symbol for me of pure justice. And the truth is when it all started, you know, um, 
just a quick beat on it is that when I was pregnant with my third child, I re- I received devastating news for my second, who was barely three at the time. His name is Zubin, that he had what's akin to an ALS in children, a degenerative and 100% fatal neuromuscular condition. And it shattered every dream I had, but it also was a moment of reckoning because I had already and still am a social justice activist and I fight. When something's wrong, I fight back. And, you know, the underdog is my friend because that's who I was and, you know, feel like I, um, I resonate with. And there was nothing to fight for. It felt like there was no justice to be had. And now I know, Heather, that Joy and the holding of my pain with my joy is the purest justice we can ever know. Okay. I don't even know where to go from there. Um, When you said there's nothing to fight back Mm -hmm. for. Let's talk about that specifically because I do see a lot of activism out in the world where... um, I'm like, you're going to burn out. There's fatigue there of like that fight or flight and people are heard and seen and, you know, maybe change is happening, but there's an inner, an inner burnout, an inner fatigue. So how do you, I don't like the word balance. How do you navigate? How do you choose that when you are like wanting to fight Mm. and you're suffering? How do you get to a point where you're like, like, what does that look like? Joy in that moment. Yeah. Well, I, and the truth is I didn't know in that very moment, it's a journey, right? So I would like not to make it rosy for anyone, all uncomfortable journeys are a journey, right? They take steps and steps, but each step is a useful, beautiful step. So there's change that's made on the journey. It looks like this. It looks like understanding that when we close to our pain, When we numb to our pain, we numb to our joy. We numb, we shut down to everything. And so it feels fiercely uncomfortable and painful to say, this is my life, this is my pain. But if we don't acknowledge it and accept it as what it is, so that we can either accept it or make change, this is not about succumbing. It's about accepting then we can open up to the full continuum of our humanity, the full continuum of our experience, and know that joy is also available to us. Because as humans, we will all suffer. We will all have pain, but we all also have the birthright to rejoice along with it. Mm. Um, when I first started my personal development journey in I mean, toxic wellness culture, we, that's a whole other can of worms, but I didn't actually know what joy was. Like I heard that word and I was like, that feels too, I'm not going to say too girly for me. It just felt too like out there. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know, I, I I couldn't reflect on what that felt like in my body. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't resonate with it. Mm-hmm. Um, And I wrote down something that I, I think it was in your book, walk back towards my pain. That's what Mm -hmm. I wrote back. I wrote Mm -hmm. down. And I often say to people, like you're running away from it. Like you can tell based on how people are acting when they're, um, 
it's just energetically, you're like, you're avoiding something. It's like, you're running around it. I always use the analogy, like you're trying, you're playing double Dutch and you're the one that's jumping in the rope. And you're like, what if I get hit with this rope? Like the pain is inside of the ropes and you're like, nope, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to avoid jumping in. How do you ex- like explain to somebody to walk back, like look at the pain when they're so conditioned to be numb? Because mm-hmm. I've I've had this experience where I'm like trying to go towards it. Like there was a someone that I was having a very difficult time grieving. And someone told me, you know, just create moments for you to grieve. And I was like, I do. And it I just I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I'm numb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you like walk towards the pain? It's almost like the like phase one is you start turning towards it. You're like, I'm trying to sit with it, but it it just shuts down even more. Does this make sense? A lot. Okay. So I think there's, well, there, we could speak for hours about this, but I think there's, and I'm sure your coaching of people takes hours um, with this, but it, I'm going to take this in twofold. One is I'm going to walk us back to that can of worms, the toxic wellness. I do think it's toxic. I actually talk about why it's toxic and why it hurts us. It's harmful. But it is pertinent to this, is that we want to good vibes only everything. We want to fix everything. We want to put it in a neat bow with a package, in a ribbon. And that's not how life works. And so we have everyone around us trying to make us feel okay, feel better, feel good. And it's harmful. It's actually inciting our nervous system further by making us invisible. And then we do it to ourselves. The way to walk back towards our pain is to understand that it is well shown now that trauma, loss, grief, our pain lives in our body. I don't need to explain that to people, I'm I'm pretty sure. But what I tell patients every day is trauma lives in your body, but that's also where it heals. Mm. So if it's hard to walk back to pain, if it's unclear how to sit with pain or face it, I would say gently, lightly step into your body every day. And I would say the first step would be to notice your body because what we are is disconnected, our mind and our body, right? And we're in this cognitive whirlwind around it. How do I find my pain? How do I walk there? You know, kind of mapping out the steps, Mm -hmm. but the body knows the map. And if you take some moments in each day to say, what am I feeling? What do I notice in my body? And that's it. Write it down. Clenching in my chest, stomach whirling, whatever it is. I don't know what it is for you. And where am I when I feel that? Start to notice in your journal a pattern or a understanding that my body is giving me messages. I just don't know how to listen to them. And eventually you'll walk your way into your body's wisdom. And that's where I would start. I would not start up in my head because you're right. If we say, oh, I'm ready to do it now, pretty much we'll just be like, okay, nothing happened. It's time for Netflix. And I'm, Netflix is, has a place and a time. But when um, we're in our body, we'll see it better. Yeah. I've always found the fine line between, I'm going to use Netflix as an example because you just said it, but like, giving yourself permission to be like, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to shame myself while I'm doing it because I know 
I'm just trying to, I got to cope. Like I got to cope versus trying swinging to the other side and trying to heal perfectly. And what I have found in myself and when I'm working with people is perfectionism. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of what we're doing comes with a coping strategy to protect ourselves. And then you jump into it and it's like, am I doing this right? Is this what it was supposed to be like? Because it feels messy. Because life is messy, right? Yeah. So how do you find the joy in the messy? So one is that, um, I'm going to take one step back because you said something about joy, you know, how you weren't resonating with joy and how it's hard to know in the wellness culture. I think the the wellness culture and the mental health conversation is a little bit um, messed up at first. So I just want to touch on that and then we'll find the messy is that I think even though there's a lot of overlap, there is a distinction between joy and happiness and it's not talked about enough. So that's a way in which we can feel broken that we're not able to feel better or hack our way to what we need to hack our way to. So happiness, I'll take it any day. It's a cognitive evaluation of things. Did this go well? It's not always material. Did I get the job I wanted? Did I, my child get the teacher they wanted? You know, I mean, these are great things and they're things that are worth, you know, happy, being happy about and hoping for. I'm not going to take that away from me or anyone. Mm -hmm. But it's different than joy. Joy lives in the body and it comes from the same deep well as our pain. It comes from our capacity for meaning, love, and connection. So when we actually think about how to find joy in the messy, the joy is in the, I'm in pain, but how can I still find a thread of connection to others or to the world? Mm -hmm. I'm in pain, but how can I find a thread of meaning for myself that I get to make. I'm in pain, but how do I get to find a thread of belonging? Is it that I recognize that I'm a human like all humans who feel pain and I'll gather on the strength of those? Is it that I feel belonging to whatever your other people who are getting a divorce, other people in my situation other mothers, right? I, and I don't mean a physical support group. That's all good too. It, it actually honestly doesn't work for me. I, people have asked, should, do you go to support groups for mothers with the same, um, children with the same condition? It's not that I don't think it could be helpful. There's a way in which I don't know people aren't at the same place. I'm not, sh- and I don't mean any good or bad, just we're at different steps. For mm-hmm. me, it's much more helpful for me to connect myself to the threads of pure. A quick word about today's sponsor, AG1. It's important to me that the supplements I take are of the highest quality, and that's why for years I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword, It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop, 
because it's tested for over 950 contaminants and banned substances, while most of industry standards typically only test for 10. Isn't that crazy? And bonus, my kids love it, especially my teens. Trust AG1 for consistent daily support. Take control of your well-being with AG1. Experience it now and enjoy a complimentary one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 along with five free travel packs with your initial purchase at drinkag1.com forward slash EU. That's drinkag1.com forward slash EU. humanity, of the fact that mothers have persevered through suffering for centuries and that I too can draw on their strength. And they have also suffered and they've cried for days and I get to cry whenever I want. They have yelled and fought and I get to yell and be upset about this. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? So the messy is some days, Heather, my messy And the joy is that I am crying and crying and exhausted by caregiving. And then I stop and think, okay, I haven't lost because I'm still alive. I feel all of this. And then I, and then I go back to crying. My humanity is still here because the truth is that all systems of oppression, all grief, all loss strip us of our humanity. And if you can find your messy humanity in the suffering, you will find your threads of joy. So much I want to dig into of like, do you, I think this is, I I don't want to say this is a silly question, but I get asked it a lot and I'm curious about you. Like, do you have a daily practice or ritual or like that forces you to go in and continue healing when you are in that moment? Uh, Like, is it a, a constant for you or is it an intuitive, like I need to take a moment and come within? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm assuming like just the whole conversation we're having is a lot of introspection and when we resist going within, um, which in your book, you talk about joy as a form of resistance. Yeah. Um, it's like a form of resistance externally. Like I'm going to hold this to like represent and take a stand to change a pattern, but then the resistance to look within, to find the joy, then to act on it. Um, I don't even know if there was a question in there. Oh yes. The ritual. Like, do you have a ritual? I do. I would say yes and no. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I mean, I try like any other human. I have ways that I start my day mm-hmm. and some days those flop. Okay. And some days I soar. And so my, when I soar, it's that I have time to myself. I'm either meditating. I'm in some form of time at my own personal altar. I have some way of checking in. Sometimes it's with cards. Sometimes it's with prayer. Sometimes it's with meditation or movement. When I flop, I feel it in the day, actually. So I don't mean it as a shameful thing. I just mean I can tell I haven't checked in. Mm -hmm. And so it is a yes and a no in the sense that I try to do that from the beginning, but I don't always make that happen. You know, life happens. Or sometimes I just feel like 
I can't do it. But I have a constant checking in going on like you're describing. And people think that, um, people ask me this, like they ask you a lot, like, so are you stopping? And then, you know, you say it's time for gratitude practice or you say it's time for what? I'm like, no, it's not so, it's not so logistical for me. Like, it's just that I feel it and I have a sense I'll take a walk and look at a leaf and think, wow, there really is more beauty in this world than I'm seeing right now in my narrow lens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's constantly flowing back to me, but that's because the more you do it, the more it comes to you, right? It seems so like I, an identity shift. Yes. Like yes. a being, like a way of being in the world. And I see some, when I started, it had to be very like, you need to check this box because yeah. I resisted it. And then now I'm like, yeah, oh, woo, this week got away from me. You know, where do I get back on track or what do I need right now? I'm going to go for that walk. I'm going to stare yeah. at the leaves. I'm going to do the things. Um, more of like a, yeah, like when you can feel yourself escaping, you're like, come back, come back, come back, come back. I think that's a beautiful way to explain it. It's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what type of work are you doing now? What maybe has surprised you since the book has come out that mm-hmm. um, where your message has shifted or where your energy is going? Yeah, you know, it feels like, so the book is really a culmination of my professional work and personal journey. And my professional work has always been around um, really cultivating space for suffering with my patients and global trauma work that I do. And that has not shifted. Um, what has shifted, I wouldn't say because of the book, but in the course of the book has been that I've also ventured into psychedelic medicine. And so I do um, psychedelic research at the university on psilocybin, and then I practice clinically as well with ketamine now until others are legal. And um I have, what has surprised me, I knew I was venturing into that, what has surprised me how much overlap there is in the sense that um, it has been my pure hope for mental health after taking care of complex mental health for 25 years that we have this other kind of tool that can be so potent. Mm -hmm. Um, But what has surprised me is that it's all the same, that this sort of catalyzing of joy for people in my book, in my professional work, now in psychedelics is the same. It's really catalyzing those moments of insight and perspective for people to help them shift into what they want for themselves Mm -hmm. and their lives. And so it has felt like full circle work. And honestly, Heather has felt like I mean, I've sat with a lot of suffering when you deliver babies and go all the way to take people to their deathbed, you know, as a family doc, you sit with suffering. But um, I have this this practice of holding space for others in these journeys through with these medicines feels like uh, one of the greatest gifts of my work. Yeah. I love it. Every t- as I'm listening to you, I keep hearing uh, yes and. Yeah, <laughs> in my mind, because I think for so long it's been let's talk about what has happened to us, let's ruminate in that, let's try to process it. But that core belief of like someone feeling broken, um, I feel like you give that like yes and let's look at that. But it, we we don't need to consume. We're not going to avoid it, but we're also not going to try to consume ourselves with it. It's like yes 
and like who, where are you? Who is the authentic you? Where do you want to be? But it is complicated. The duality of honoring our suffering, honoring our pain, choosing the life we desire, um, but not forgetting both. Yeah. And avoiding both. I agree. And the way I think about it um, most recently, I've shifted to understanding that um, I really, I really um, tried to tell people to stay away from this narrative of how did the trauma or oppression, like what was good about it for you? There's a, there's a danger in that, especially for um, communities of color and marginalized communities to give them the sense that it was good for them. Right. I really try to uh, counsel people to not use that language, but the language of the magic and mystery and language of what is the core goodness that still resides in you that you can rediscover and understand that has never left? Because that stripping of our humanity from any grief or loss or trauma feels like we have lost our power. And when we can reclaim that as I still am me, like you're saying, find yourself, and I am good and I am whole, Mm-hmm. You know, and that this sort of sense of I am not broken because I can't get happy or I can't get over something or I can't find resilience the way the world asks it of me. This is all inequitable BS, in my opinion. This is a whitewashed wellness industry imposing some sort of model on people. Mm-hmm. But when we can actually say to others, I have reclaimed my power and I have reclaimed my goodness. Um, you know, there's true healing that starts to flow. I love that. So beyond your book, where can people find you? Where can they get closer to you if they want to mm. experience you? What do you got going on? Yeah. So on my website, um, there's actually, uh, that's where my clinical services are, as well as my book and bonuses. I, I just developed a quiz for fun, which is really fun on helping people find their joy code and giving them the first steps to really step into their body the way we're mm-hmm. talking about. And then um, I'm really active on Instagram. That's my biggest um, place of conversation. I love that you said you love to talk to people on in your DMs on Instagram. I, I am really enjoying that, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like I'm connecting to people in a real way. So it's been a place that I've enjoyed and I love hearing from others. I find it interesting because it's like the unlearning, like people just need to feel safe and trust other people. So when I... I'm like, please tell me, like, is there something I can talk about that would be of service? They're like, oh my gosh, you're talking to me. And I'm like, yes, you're a real human being. This is connection. This is how we, we can help each other. And I I don't know about you, but the more I am talking and doing my work, I'm like, I'm just a vehicle. Like I'm just a vessel. Like how can I be of service to the people around me that are listening? And I, you know, everyone is there's a lot of goodness in people and they just want to be heard and supported and know that they're not alone. So I love that. Yeah, me too. Where can, can you just say your um, website? We'll have everything in the show notes and your Instagram. Yeah. My website website is the same as my Instagram handle, my name, thanmeetsetimd.com. And um, my name is a mouthful for many, but you can um, link to it. And then if you wanted to just go to it straight for my book, you actually can go to joyismyjustice.com too. It will take you right there to my website. So both links work. Thank you. Thanmeet. 
Thank you, Heather. So grateful that we got to connect today. And um, I know that this is just the beginning of many conversations. Thank Mm, you. Yeah, this was a real honor. Thank you. I sometimes joke that I wish I taught people how to make green smoothies for a living, but I know I'm doing that because I'm trying to run away from what brings me joy. And what brings me joy is helping women and men, families in general, and children feel alive. And sometimes that journey to feeling alive is painful. It's emotionally uncomfortable, and it's not always easy. This is why I created the Aligned Life Quiz. So if you're tired of being tired, you want to stop just surviving, and you want to find out exactly where to focus and access realistic tools to confidently manage your energy, emotions, and impact, you can head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash life quiz. It takes you two minutes and it's going to show you. I call them internal leadership skills. Where do you need to focus your energy and attention for the quickest results? And also, which phase are you living in? So head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash life quiz to take the aligned life quiz right now. If you're ready to stop just surviving and you want to start thriving, but you don't know how to manage it all, go there. It will take you two minutes and it will change your life. I also, on the inside, show you which podcast episodes to listen to based on your quiz results. HeatherChauvin.com forward slash life, L-I-F-E, quiz. 